All right, everyone, welcome to your favorite finance podcast, Finance in a Flash. On this episode, we're going to be talking about the basics of rebalancing your portfolio and the advantages of doing so amid a market downturn or during a big upswing in the market. As always, thanks for listening. Let's go. Okay, let's get rolling. Chip, I know it might be self-explanatory, but can you explain what rebalancing a portfolio actually means? Oh, sure. Yeah. So rebalancing is uh, purely and simply a risk control technique in a person's portfolio. So, you know, it's not, you know, in general, you don't rebalance to enhance performance, to enhance returns because as you've seen the slope of you know returns of like the S&P 500 you know it's upward sloping and so you're better off just staying the course in you know if you're a growth oriented investor if you have no worry about risk then just you know ride it but most people aren't in that category most people are very concerned about uh, portfolio volatility especially those people who are entering the retirement phase. You know, I I have joked with you that it takes an entirely different skill set of an advisor to manage a person's portfolio, you know, in the accumulation phase Mm -hmm. than it does in the distribution phase. And so rebalancing is a super important way uh, that we use to control risk in clients' accounts, um, you know, especially those in the pre-retirement and retirement phase. Yeah. So, and you might want to go into kind of some of the logistics, but um, I think that from our standpoint, it's simply, you know, defining a target allocation for a portfolio and making sure that we stick to that allocation over time. Yeah, I think that's good, especially to kind of point out the accumulation phase and which are our younger, you know, clients still accumulating money, contributing to the 401k, saving and stuff like that. And the distribution where they're taking money out of their portfolio, it may have, they may have usually have two opposite, um, objectives, I would say portfolio objectives. And I guess, a, a, another big reason to rebalance is to get back to your desired, asset allocation, you know, we could see where there's a significant decline in the market this year. There was around, we've mentioned this pretty much every podcast, but there's 34% decline in the S and P 500 from January 1st to, you know, March 23rd and a standard 60, 40 portfolio, 60% stocks, 40% bonds might've been down to 50% stocks, 50% bonds, or maybe even less, maybe 45, 55. And I guess what's the significance of rebalancing at that low point in time, um, when things, when, when the news is bad, when everyone, everything's looking gloomy, you know, you're buying into the very thing that just declined by a third of its value. But what's the, I guess if you, what's the biggest opportunity there? Because I think there is one. Yeah, it it really is. But you, you kind of alluded to the fact, and I think it's an important point that it is awful hard to do that. Yeah. I mean, rebalancing during certain times is very, very hard. I remember back during the Great Recession, we were trying, we were going to clients and saying, hey, just wanted to let you know we're getting ready to rebalance. And, you know, the response was, you know, why would you ever buy something that's down so much and the outlook is so dour? And, you know, my response is, well, we don't know when it's going to end, but it eventually will. 
And I want to be in a position to take advantage of those gains. And, you know, so just to, to uh, you know, refer to the fact that it is a awful hard task to do. And it's something that internally we talk about, you know, we need to make it a, a somewhat automated type of process that that is without emotion. And, you know, but nevertheless, we want our clients to, it's, we have a partnership with our clients. We want to keep them informed and let them know. But our clients understand that this is one of those uh, job tasks that is something we do not take lightly and is something that we, um, you know, we, we have to do to be successful. And, uh, and that's kind of what we've done here recently. I mean, and just, I know you and I talked before the podcast, um, about how hard it was. It's awful hard on both ends. I mean, you know, because what you're really talking about doing is selling an investment that's done, or at least trimming back an investment that's done really well in the uh, shorter term and buying into something that maybe hasn't done as well. And, uh, and that's a hard, um, psychological, uh, component to overcome for clients, but it's something that's so necessary when we're talking about controlling risk in a portfolio. Yeah. And I think it's important too, that, um, you know, in 2019, the SP 500 was up 31% and that 60, 40 portfolio might've been gone the other way. That was 70% stocks and 30% bonds. And again, it's, I feel like it's equally as not, maybe not as hard, but it's also very hard to, you know, man, stocks are crushing it right now, but we're selling stocks to get back to bonds. It's definitely a hard mindset to put yourself in. It absolutely is. And, but if you really think about the investor experience, and now you can only see this in retrospect, but you know, the investor experience is so much more uh, manageable with an approach that includes rebalancing um, you know, embedded into that, the DNA of the investment approach and the investment of philosophy, because you can kind of look back over time and say, okay, this is what my equity exposure, stock exposure would have been. This is what my bond exposure would have been. And it kind of remains constant. That's kind of what we're, um, what we're targeting. Now, inside of that, things change, right? You know, we might have a different mindset towards shorter term bonds versus, you know, um, lower credit quality bonds versus small cap stocks and internet. So some of those things change with time and we uh, kind of make adjustments according to what's going on in the economy and, and, and our, our outlook. But at the end of the day, uh, the asset allocation, the stock bond mix, you know, is really targeted this uh, specific to each and every client that we have and based on their cash flows and distribution requirements and risk profile and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that a hundred percent kind of shifting gears, maybe a little bit. Um, I, I think it gives us rebalancing and kind of taking advantage during a, a downturn uh, gives you an opportunity to reevaluate your investments in your account as well. I know we see it and I'm not going to name the companies that put our clients in these, uh, um, I guess, questionable investments, but, uh, we, you know, we see have clients transferring money or transferring positions that may have, you know, 1.5% expense ratio or expense fee. And then it's just not a very good fund, but maybe that funds declined and we don't have a capital gain to kind of work around anymore. And we can eliminate that fund as well. I think that's important to, you know, over time investments do change, especially if you have an actively managed investment, the fund manager may change or they may change their philosophy a little bit. And I think it is important to take this opportunity as you know you're 
rebalancing your portfolio to kind of reevaluate your investments as well. I think that just gives another opportunity in there to to do. Yeah, it absolutely does. That's, you know, I kind of call that upgrading. Yeah. So if you have an investment that, you know, because we're very tax efficient in our approach. So, you know, we may have a fund that's not our perfect ideal fund and not, not our primary fund. But during a correction, you know, you could eliminate this that particular fund and avoid capital gains for a lot of our clients and upgrade your portfolio into a fund uh, or exchange traded fund that's just a higher quality, lower cost, more tax efficient type of fund. And that's part of that rebalancing process as well. It's just, you know, a component of uh, a process that uh, has an intention of controlling risk and keeping, uh, you know, cost low, internal cost low and, and frictional cost low like taxes. So uh, that's a big component of a successful uh, rebalancing and investment strategy. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. It is important to, and too, like maybe kind of shit, not even maybe rebalancing, but I think it's important to always monitor the investments you're in because things change, the world changes, as we're always changing and to kind of, you know, actively monitor those positions is super important. And Going back to, you know, rebalancing a question that I think a lot of people may have listening to this or, um, you know, how many times should someone rebalance in a year? I guess what would be your... I, and I don't think there is a perfect number. You know, some some years it may be 10 times, some years it may be zero times, some years it may be three times, but I think it's important to kind of have a guideline on how many times we think we should rebalance. I guess what would your answer to that question be? Yeah, and I would say it depends on the person. I would say research has kind of shown that if you if you uh, want to get the most bang for your buck, an annual rebalance on average is appropriate. So for those of you who have 401k plans, you're in the accumulation mode. Uh, oftentimes, 401k plans have an auto rebalance feature. And so we generally tell our clients, hey, just click the auto rebalance feature and make it an annual rebalance. And uh, that way, you know that your portfolio is going to be positioned the same uh, basically the same way. And there's there's kind of this um, automatic cruise control feature to it that, that targets a risk. And so, but I'll tell you that it depends on the year. Mm-hmm. It depends on the client. Uh, so, I mean, this year, I mean, you and I, I think we placed more trades than I've ever placed in my career early this year because what we wanted to do in the beginning of the year was rebalance and we did that at the beginning of the year. So we're selling stocks, some stocks that have done, or equity mutual funds that have done well over the last year. Um, but we wanted to place it in the beginning of this year because we wanted to avoid capital gains. We wanted to push the tax impact of that to the next year so that we could plan around it and adjust withholdings and that sort of thing if we need to. Um, and so we, we rebalanced in the beginning of the year in uh, January and February. But then we had to go back in because the market declined and we placed rebalancing trades again uh, in March and, and April. And so this year was an anomaly. I'll say that normally uh, an annual rebalance is kind of our target. Now, you and I have a schedule internally for our clients, Nick, that yep. you know, we, we always look in January and July to rebalance. So, And some of that has to do with you know making sure we have adequate cash on hand for distributions and that sort of thing. But you know, it's a part of our the system that we use to, to manage portfolios. And I think that having a system like that just creates accountability and is is definitely uh, something that takes a little bit of the emotion out of it and uh, is is something that's necessary uh, for a successful investment strategy. 
Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that's a good point. You know, it de- it definitely depends on the year, right? Because this year it, we've seen su- you know huge uh, volatility in the market that it, it is important to. And I'm not saying you know rebalance every time the market goes down, you know, three or four percent. But I think it is important to kind of take advantage of those situations where the market is at a downturn, or we saw at the end of 2019 where the market was at an upswing. And still, it's all about managing your asset allocation and your risk tolerance, really. Because because, I mean, we're trying to get back to, based on the planning, based on what we found, you know, deemable to f- get your require, required rate of return based on your retirement plan, we need to get this asset allocation. And so that may be a 60% stock, 40% bond, or maybe 100% stock. It's different for everyone. But I think it's always good to keep an eye out on opportunities like this when the market is at a downturn to rebalance. And, you know, this year maybe rebalance more than would say last year. Sure. And I think if you even scrutinize even further, you know, if you look at the performance disparity of certain asset classes, right? So if you look at how have small cap stocks performed relative to large cap stocks? Well, I mean, over the last five or 10 years, you would have been better off owning large cap stocks, large cap domestic stocks. And but is that, you know, we know from history that and it makes intuitive sense that, you know, smaller companies are going to perform better over longer periods of time than larger companies. It's just a simple matter of, OK, um, they're they have the ability to adjust their um you know, their product offerings and adjust their business model in a more rapid fashion than larger companies. And so, but what we've seen over the last really 10 years is that larger U.S. stocks have outperformed both international and small cap stocks. And so even on from a very micro level, it may make sense over time to, okay, let's trim some of our large cap stocks. I mean, especially if you're looking at the S&P where uh, Amazon, Google, Netflix, Facebook, those types of tech oriented companies have done really well uh, over the last 10 years, Uh, but will they continue to grow at the same rate that they have seen in this last 10 years? I I don't know. I think that, uh, you know, I can only say that the investment cycle, it's, it's, it's a cycle. It's cyclical. I mean, things don't always perform going forward the way that they have performed in the past. And so rebalancing is a natural way to take advantage of, of that cycle. And, um, and, it, and it really is a productive way to, to manage a por- portfolio, especially over long periods of time. Yeah, I think that that is important to kind of, like you said, manage those expectations. It's, it's always super important, especially in any financial planning process. And I think rebalancing as well, because it's just, it's always a mental game of why am I buying something that's doing poorly and selling something that's doing well? You know, that that's never easy. And that's, you know, anything you do, right? You, you know, you're a fan of sports teams and, you know, you're, you know, I'm a Washington Redskins fan, which has not been great, mm, but, sorry. <laughs> it, you know, it, it is hard to kind of, you know, continue to, to back those, back those teams or back those investments um, when they're doing poorly. And I think, you know, it, it, it is a mindset because everything in life, it's like when it does bad, we want to abandon ship. Like every day I want to just pledge my allegiance to the Patriots or the Chiefs because I'm tired of being a Redskins fan. But, and I'm, and, but, you know, stocks are, I, I feel like they're, they're a different game and that there's those uh, opportunities moving forward that we believe in an efficient market. We believe that, you know, if a company does go out of business, one w- that is better will get their goodwill and continue to work going forward because our company or our country is 
motorized by profits and, and earnings. And so I think it's just super important to kind of acknowledge that, yes, it's going to be hard to back something or kind of follow something when it's done bad, but in the long run, it's, it's going to work out. Absolutely, because companies are, they're going to, you know, find a CEO that's going to make tough decisions and make changes in their business model. They're going to make adjustments in where their production sites are. They're going to make changes in, you know, their operations. And, you know, the, the ultimately, they're, they're driven towards profits. And, you know, as a diversified investor, I mean, we own, you know, I can tell you that, you know, we practice diversification to the uh, nth degree. I mean, we uh, aren't really dependent on any one company, but it does happen in mass. I mean, you see where uh, companies in a specific sector, you know, like for right now, if we look at energy, you know, energy sector has really just been hammered. Yeah. And, you know, longer term, do I think that we're, uh, the world is going to maintain a dependence on oil and gas and that sort of thing? I do. I think it's going to, for longer term, I think we're going to have to have some reliance on that. Maybe it's a to a lesser extent of, uh, and hopefully it will be, a lesser extent than what we've had in the yeah. past. But nevertheless, I mean, you look at certain oil companies and they're down, you know, 75, 85%. And, uh, you know, I think that that could be an opportunity. But now we don't own individual stocks. But, you know, even if you're rebalancing within certain asset classes, you're going to um, take advantage of that through the rebalancing process. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And a good point to, to end on is that we all are always looking to take advantage of, of situations and kind of look at it as, you know, an opportunity to buy low instead of, oh, no, my you know investments accounts are down where, you know, we're investing for the long term and it's going to work out well. Um, in the long run, as, as we close up here, did you have any, I guess, closing thoughts? And I think we really covered a, a lot in this episode. Absolutely. I think it was a good episode. I, I apologize for your Washington Redskins reference, but yeah. it's okay. It's tough to be, it's tough to be a Redskins fan. I'm an NC state fan and it's tough for us sometimes too. So I can relate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think the, the point there that essentially I was trying to make is that, you know, Stocks aren't like sports. <laughs> you know, you, right. I'm not buying into the, re, the but res- it is cyclical. Yeah. I mean, it does tend to be cyclical, right? I remember a point in time where, you know, gosh, you think about the Cubs or any other sports team. Yeah. It, it does tend to be cyclical, and it's a lot of factors involved. But, you know, I, I, it hasn't been that cyclical for NC State, yeah. but uh, it is what it is. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it is a good point that, it, you know, when things are bad or things are looking tough in, in anything in life, especially, you know, when you press your finger on someone's money, it, it's it's always hard to, to turn that mindset around of, okay, things are going to look up going forward from here. And I think that's the mindset that we have towards rebalancing. Yeah, it sucks right now and it's bad and it's tough, but going forward, we believe that it's the right decision to maybe buy more and invest in those companies or asset allocate or asset classes that are doing poorly at the time. Yeah, and we've seen it time and time again, Nick. I mean, you know, like the, the perfect example of that is the tech boom and bust, mm-hmm. right? You had a situation where technology companies were just doing so very well and people's portfolio became just naturally uh, overweighted in the technology sector at the very moment when the bubble was busting. So, you know, it was a period of time where, uh, 
you know, it just was a good reminder to me and a learning experience again that you need to rebalance. You need to um, recognize these these potential bubbles because it's going forward. We're looking forward. And, you know, what happens going forward is not always what has happened in the past. Yeah. You know, I definitely agree with that, that, you know, moving history is not a perfect reflection of the future, but at the same time, I think we can learn from what has happened and what, you know, the cycles that continue to be, uh, relevant and especially the investment cycle. But yeah, that's all we have for uh, rebalancing this week. Uh, maybe we went over our time to be labeled uh, finance in a flash, but um, maybe it's just, you know, I guess a, a blur, maybe, maybe not <laughs> as, as quick as a flash. But anyways, thanks for listening uh, this episode on rebalancing and we will be back again next week. Thank you.